This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Mirror Football World Cup Daily Podcast brought to you in association with Betbright. I'm Aaron Flanagan. Today joining me on the panel is Ibrahim Mustafa. Ibra, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Really enjoyed the day's football today, so, you know, lots to talk about, I think. So. Yeah, so plenty to talk about. Uh, Jake Polden's also with us again. Jake, how are you doing? Oh, very well, thank you. Good stuff. Um, and we have a debutant. We've got we've got four on the panel today. Uh, Alex Smith, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Good stuff. Um, yeah, loads to talk about. Uh, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo both out the World Cup on the same day. Um, pretty dramatic. We'll start with Lionel Messi. We'll start with Argentina going out to France. 4-3, obviously, that game. Um, Ibra, we'll start with you. I mean, just a, a thrilling game of football, wasn't it? Well, it's just, it was an absolute World Cup classic. I think, you know, I don't know how other people feel, but when you hear sort of older football fans talk about absolute classics of World Cups gone by, I mean, I hear like, older fans talk about, I think it was Soviet Union versus Belgium in 1986, which finished 4-3 and was an absolute classic for everyone who saw it. Um, Brazil versus Italy back in 1982. All these that happened long before I was, you know, capable of understanding football to any great level. But yeah, now we have our own classic, the one that will be talked about, I think, for many, many years. People sort of go back and say, well, yeah, France Argentina four three in two thousand and eighteen. I think yeah, it was a, it was a game we learnt a lot about the two teams as well. I think you know Argentina haven't been at their best uh, this tournament and obviously came up short today. Um, and obviously France um, hadn't looked particularly uh, convincing up until this point. Obviously they got the superstar players, but hadn't really clicked up until now. Um, and obviously Kylian Mbappe came into his own and. You know, turn the game on its head, and and they look real contenders now to go the whole way. Yeah, it was interesting. I'll say on yesterday's podcast, um, you were on it, Jake was as well, and we we were kind of saying that we almost expected the Portugal Uruguay to be even more of a class. I don't think we ever expected this Absolutely, level yeah. of game. I think we predicted. I think, as you say, like a, a bit of a, a dead rubber in some ways. That we, I think, we both said uh, it would go to to go to extra time. It would be a tentative fixture, but it, it was anything but. It was fast paced football. You know, uh, expansive attacking football. That you know, as as Ibra says, will go down in history. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Argentina's point of view. I mean, they're 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 all over the place, aren't they? I mean, they're they're just pretty. Uh, let's be honest, they're pretty rubbish. They were re- re- regarding a lot of the the. I mean, obviously, top level names they've got in there, but I mean, they're just not at a level of uh, of kind of where they should be. Uh, a team that really Lionel Messi should be playing in right now. Right. There's too many players who are slightly too old. Players who slightly past it. People like Mascarano. Players who aren't quite good enough. Like. Uh, Marcus Rojo thought he was very poor today in particular for the first goal the way he tried to deal with um, Kylian Mbappe I thought yeah. 
he was nowhere near trying to stop him that Clean Back just went straight past him. Uh, Rojo get, got hauled off at half time as well on the back of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then Mascarano's hung up his boots straight after the game as well. So it says a lot. And obviously the pressure that Messi was under to sort of drag this team through the competition, I think it puts it into perspective when you when as you say, there's players in that team that just aren't up to scratch. They might have great names in Higuain and and, you know, as I say, Messi or whatever, but unless you've got a, a team that works together coherently and there's, you know, there's, there's too many differences. Well, tactically, they just seem all over the place. They didn't know what they were doing defensively, mm. whether to sort of sit back or sort of push onto players. I mean, that first goal was a prime example. They were on the attack, and then as soon as they lost it, it was all panic stations. And Rocco, yeah. if he is going <clears> to foul him, do that 10 yards before you do it. Yeah, Don't he, try and haul him down as he's getting into the penalty area. But we knew this before the World Cup, that their team has all the stars in attack with the Messi, the Agueros, the Higuains. Well, even Barla sitting on the bench, you know, I mean, it's... Exactly, and someone like... Um, Icardi. Uh, Icardi, <laughs> yeah, not yeah, even going yeah, out there. That, yeah. So we, we knew before that they were going to be a threat going forward, but defensively that they were never going to be particularly strong. Well, this is it. I mean, you know, we look at Otamendi as being their strongest defender and, you know, all right, he won the Premier League this season, but he was, you know, I thought, flattered in that team, in yeah, that Man City he, team. He had more completed passes than any other player in the Premier League, I'll have you know. Well, last I, season. Oh, I stand corrected. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to just pass it back and forwards in him and company. He, he's, he's, not a great, he's not a great defender, though. I mean, he's, he's very much a footballer, not a defender. Mm. I think we're not. Uh, on France, um, Kylian Mbappe obviously taking a lot of the headlines. I mean, what a phenomenal individual performance it mm. was from him. Well, I no. thought it was almost a changing of the guards today from Messi and Ronaldo both going out today. I know we'll go on to Ronaldo, but going on to Mbappé, we almost saw, saw the future. And um, I thought for that first goal, it's 20 or today, yesterday was 20 years to the day since Michael Owen's goal yeah. against Argentina. I thought that I thought when he went past, looked like he'd gone past Rojo. I thought this is going to be yeah, a copycat. Similar, yeah. Sort of yeah. go straight onto that world scene. Absolutely, and I think what we learned from him today is obviously we know he's got talent. We've known that all along, um, but his ability to take a big game on and show that at the, at the age he is, you know, he's still just nineteen, that to to shoulder that responsibility and you know lead his nation into the quarterfinals is is something that only special players can do. You know, we've seen the likes of Neymar and Messi already struggle under the pressure that they've been put under in this tournament, and for someone of that age to sort of you know he's got big big personalities in that team, Pogba. Griezmann players like that who want to steal the limelight for him to take that shoulder that responsibility I think says a lot about his character I'm probably too old to be using words like this but he's got a bit of swag about him doesn't he he's Absolutely, got that confidence yeah, yeah, no, yeah he when he yeah. gets the ball and he just drives on and when he scores you can see that it's like yep he knows in himself he's confident he has his yeah. own sort of faith in himself to deliver in those big moments and take stuff on so you know not overawed by the situation at yeah. all and for someone at 19 years old it's terrifying <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued you say you, you say you're maybe too old to use the word swag who, who, was, who was the first footballer who you ever came across who you'd use the word swag to, to? oh no see, see probably someone like Lee Sharp <laughs> Lee, Lee Sharp is probably the first no, player Cantona. I would have said had swag oh Cantona was well, epitomised yeah. swag no, um, <laughs> say, just France as a whole I mean swag's probably a, a decent word here um, France had a bit of swag about them today which mm. they haven't had for the rest of the tournament so far obviously they kind of laboured through the group stages quite poor but you know actually they went ahead early showed a bit of character when they went behind and, and produced quite a quite a stunning display really I thought they were brilliant just talk about Pavard's goal really I just want to talk about sort of quality that hit I reckon that's the best hit of the World Cup so far I don't know about you guys Mm, Uh, I've got no argument for me that's the goal of the tournament I don't think it'll be better in this competition we've still got a load of games Mm. and we've seen a lot of great goals but just the technique and the hit and even when you're watching it's been gift so much on 
social media, the hit from behind, the way the ball is spinning. I don't yeah. understand how it does um, it. It's I don't incredible. understand the science behind mm. it. It seems to spin <laughs> round and it seems to go in the other direction from the spin. I mean, and it's, it's also great to see a right back in that position, you know, up up, up at that part of the field, trying something like that. You know, it says a lot about France, I think, as I, as I say, you know, they really really show what they can do in this game. Yeah, and well, they were 2-1 two, two down at that stage as well. So when yeah. you think, not necessarily that they would wilt under that, but you're thinking, okay, you're right back hitting volleys like that when you really need a goal. <laughs> yeah. You know. it's, it's like Nacho's one earlier in the tournament field. It's these right backs just mm. bombing on, sort of sitting on the edge of the box and sort of waiting to hit them. And yeah. they seem to have the quality to hit them at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I say Benjamin Pavard, I'm sure we'll hear loads more about him. Obviously, his mad rise, he was playing in the German second division. Right, um, yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. not the season, just gone the season before. Um, uh, you know, it's incredible that he is where he is. Uh, moving on to the other... Um, Semi semi final. I'm not that far into the other other round of 16 game uh, that we have seen take place. Obviously, Portugal have gone out to Uruguay. Um, Obviously, Ronaldo a little bit disappointing, Portugal disappointing, but not necessarily unexpected that they would go out to Uruguay, who I have to say I was mightily impressed with. Mm. Again, not particularly spectacular, but they're, they're solid, they're workmanlike, they're resilient, and they've got two world world class strikers. And I tell you what, they'd be to give any team in this competition a real good game of football I don't know any I can't quite possibly find a real world example of anyone or anything that loves something as much as Uruguay love defending I mean they were <laughs> never really in trouble even after they conceded it just it, they just thought right you know what we're just going to put a wall up here and just not let Portugal into this game at all and just they can have the ball they can mm. do what they want shoot from 25 yards but they're not, they're not breaking us down. For my money, I think Godin and Jimenez is probably the best centre-back pairing at this World Cup. That The two of them just are just just statues. Mm. Statues there. They, you just can't get past them. That statue's in a good way of just being just yeah. just mammoth and just you can't get over them, you can't get round them, you just can't really get through them. I don't really know how you score goals <laughs> against them, quite honestly. Yeah. It, it, it's weird. If you're going to go back to swag, they have swag, but in a whole different context of the word. It's just they have swag in the way they defend the way they set up and their mentality as well I think mm. it's just like second to none yeah the, term, um, the determination you know that as, and as you say it's, I think they've got that backbone as, as Alex says but they've also got you know as you say two world class strikers that they can just you know make moments out of nothing which is which is what happened today in some ways well, Cavani yeah. did and I think Suarez the, his work rate is just so different from every other sort of superstar mm. um, striker in the world that he gets back he seems to want the ball out wide he's not He's not worried about doing sort of the dirty stuff, which is something you can sometimes level at, sort of the Messi's and the Ronaldo's mm. of the world. I know he's not at that level, but I think what he offers to the team is very different and just equally as important. And I don't think you can overlook um, Juventus' Bentecur as well. I think he had a great game today, just sitting behind the two of them. And he got his assist as well. Uh, I think he's he's one to watch. He definitely... He definitely what Skilly did on the on the side, not make the guy. Mm. It was um, unreal. I thought you got Lucas Torreira in there as well, who's yeah. been you know heavily linked with it, the yeah. move to the Premier League with Arsenal, and he just just he, his work rate in that middle of the pitch was just phenomenal. Mm. It's, 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 it's a Kante-esque, yeah. right, I thought. Mm. He man Mark Ronaldo out of the mm. game. Uh, quick show how's that in Uruguay? Obviously, I don't think any team has been particularly mightily mightily impressive in the tournament. Maybe other than Croatia, but Uruguay. Are they good enough to go all the way and win it? I know it's quite a, an outlandish statement, but on what we've seen tonight, Jake, yes or no, all the way? Um, it's a very difficult question, as you say. It depends what team turns up against them, I think. you know, I think having seen France today, if, you, if, if you'd have said to me it's the last 16 side was France, Uruguay, I'd have said Uruguay. But you know, now maybe I'd say the opposite. So maybe that's a step too far for them. But they're certainly, they're certainly a contender. 
Yeah, Ibra. Uh, I think they agree with Jake there. I think they're contenders. Um, they're facing France next, and obviously France have had this fantastic performance today. But if the France of the group stages show up, then Uruguay mm. have got every chance of getting past them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Smudge. If they're on the other side of the draw, I think they would definitely get to the final. I think this side of the draw, playing France, I think is slightly too far for them. Yeah. Okay. No interest. I am with you. I, th- I can see them getting past France. I, I actually do think I can see that. Uh, but oh, then it would potentially mean the likes of Brazil in the in the semi final. Exactly. I, I, I I don't think. Um, Uruguay will quite do it um, but anyway I say that will do us for um, looking back at, at those two games we'll look ahead now to Sunday's games um, starting with Spain Spain against the host Russia uh, certainly an intriguing game Russia have been um, an interesting package so far I think they've been better than anybody expected but it is their home World Cup so you know you can always expect them to, to raise their game um, Spain few little stutters uh, obviously against Iran only winning 1-0 uh, almost losing to, to to Morocco uh, as well, which nobody would have seen, and, and obviously they drew to Portugal. But um, can anyone make a case for Russia here? Um, I think being at home, it's that's a factor, and it's always going to be a factor. You know, they're going to have the massive home support, and like you say, they were good in their first two games. To you know, I mean, the, the opposition wasn't the best, you know, but ultimately having home advantage, I think. They're going to be quite. Mo- they're going to be motivated, especially against Spain. They will. They want to prove themselves. Certainly. So you know, who knows? Yeah. It was stranger things have happened. Yeah, I say a couple of nods around the room, but I mean, they, they look unconvinced. Not. I assume. Yeah. They, they, this is still very much you expect Spain to. Uh, yeah. To I think. Through. I think. As you say, Spain haven't looked the Spain that we we we've come to know, and I think they're going to want to put a marker down, and uh, they're going to have the quality to do that. I think, you know, as you say, Russia, you can't write them off being the hosts. Uh, they're going to have, you know, tremendous support in the stadium. But having said that, I think Spain will want to show that they're, they're, they're in this to win now. And I think we're going to see a different... We're going to see. I think we're going to see what we saw from France today. We're going to see a new team, a rejuvenated team. This is when these big teams come alive is when the knockout stages and when these games really matter. So yeah. I think I think that will that that show. Yeah, interesting as well that they've got an inexperienced manager in Fernando Hierro. Um, in there though whether he'll know how to motivate them properly uh, also he says he's going to stick with David De Gea and I know there's been a lot of talk about from Spain about you know whether you know he should be swapped because obviously he's made a couple of errors okay he's not in his, his best tournament in the world but I mean definitely the right decision to, to keep David De Gea in there I assume oh, no no sort it's of no argument at all about yeah. it that he's he is the best goalkeeper in the world I mm. think he keeps on proving and proving that he is I think this is probably the best game for him to get his confidence back against Russia against maybe one of the weakest attacks left in the competition mm. he'll maybe have one or two saves to make and if he makes them then Spain should go through and, and, you, and you sort of mentioned about you know having the experienced manager may not be able to rally the troops as such but people like Ramos and PK and that they've done this all before they don't need that motivation they, they know exactly what's required of them you know I think they're the leaders on the pitch that 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 they put the other players are going to listen to, you know. So I, think, I don't think there's going to be an issue there. Yeah, I also wouldn't want to confront the uh, Diego Costa if I messed up. That's true. Uh, Spain's <laughs> in that, in that game. I, I think the change room would be a, a pretty unpleasant place. Um, the odds for that game uh, with Bet Bright: uh, Spain are eight to thirteen, the draw fourteen to five, and Russia at eleven to two. So I mean, I mean, not the widest odds mm. in the world. I mean, there's obviously a little bit of belief that you know, the host can do something. Uh, the Bright Bundle Bet, um, quite a good one. I quite like this one. Uh, Diego Costa to. to uh, get me words out. Diego Costa to score 
and to be carded in the game at thirteen to two. I mean, I mean that, that, that's yeah, that's Diego Costa right there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, a reasonable price on that one. I would have him not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I say um, Diego Costa. I say I, I've got money on him to be top goalscorer in the whole tournament. So I could, mm. I could mm. do with him filling his boots in that game because this is the last chance I think he's got of uh, maybe catching up to, to Harry yeah. Kane. who's obviously got a bit of a head start. Um, on to Sunday evening's game, uh, Croatia against Denmark. Um, I mean, we've spoke a fair bit about Croatia on this podcast with obviously different guests in the past, but for me, team of the tournament so far, and I personally see absolutely no problem with them getting past Denmark. Is anyone going to argue with that? No, no, no not at all. <laughs> I mean, well, that was, that's that one there. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, with someone like Christian Eriksen in the Denmark team, you never know because, you know, he can sort of create everything. And, he did know, it against Ireland, didn't he? You know, yeah. to get in there, one man performance, drag exactly. into the tournament. But then Croatia it. have just but a Croatia field have so many other three players. Three midfield against yeah. one exactly. world class. Yeah. Just, it's one-sided, very one-sided, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very difficult to look beyond Croatia. I mean, you know, we were talking about earlier about Uruguay being a potential contenders for the title. I mean, there's no reason why we can't talk about Croatia in that same breath. You know, this this golden generation that they have it has, has looked brilliant this tournament. 98 all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I said that they've certainly flourished at the right time. I am going to make a bit of a case for Denmark, though. Uh, Denmark were in that group with France. They didn't concede to France, mm. and Denmark got through that that group with you know some very consistent, uh, uh, not particularly exciting performances, but consistent, workmanlike, quite dogged performances. You know, I, I, I don't think it'll be the walkover that maybe you know or the kind of the, the fact that we're not arguing it mm. was, but. Well, yeah. but I think I it's going to be a high scoring game. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be close, but I don't think it's close in sort of two sides close knit. Mm. I think it's just the way Croatia play that they sort of like to toy with teams yeah and I think I think that rigid consistency that, that you, you talk about suits a group group games you know where you can pick up points where you don't have to go at teams necessarily you can frustrate teams and maybe nick a goal late on or something like that but you know in a, in a game they're going to have to win you know this is it now it's a knockout game um, they're going to have to come out and I just think as, as Alex says there Croatia's midfield is just um you know, it's very difficult to play against. Yeah, I so, say uh, Modric's goal against uh, Argentina, mm. so the second on that day, I, th- I think is one of my favourites yeah, of, of the yeah. tournament so far. I mean, I don't think it will ever win a goal at tournament, mm. but just the way he had that composure to bring it out of his feet mm. and then the, yeah, the accurate out, finish, yeah. just I thought fantastic. Um, yeah, I so said the the odds for that game were with Bet Bright, Croatia at five to six, uh, the draw twenty three to ten, and Denmark at four to one. Uh, the bright bundle bet for this one is uh, oh uh, coincidentally Modric to score from outside of the box again. <laughs> yeah. um, you get nine to one on that one. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether I'm convinced. Although I'm, I, he doesn't, he's not one for pinging one top bin every game. But, yeah, it doesn't uh, happen often, but when it does, it does look good, doesn't it? Yeah. If he's yeah. called upon, I'm sure yeah. he, I'm sure he'll get on with it. Yeah, so yeah, nine to one though. Uh, say some generous odds indeed. If you do want to back that one, um, guys, that will do us uh, for this edition of the Mirror Football. World Cup Daily Podcast in association with BetBright. Uh, thank you very much all for, for being here. And uh, I mean, will we have the same lineup tomorrow? I don't. I don't uh, we might have the same lineup tomorrow. Possible. Yeah, Alex potentially as well. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we could have yeah. a very similar lineup tomorrow. Um, uh, but yeah, I say if you don't subscribe to us already, you can do so on iTunes, on Acast, and on Spotify. We're here every single day of the World Cup uh, until the very end. Uh, so yeah, please make sure you subscribe, and uh, we will be back tomorrow. Hi, it's Finn Dewar from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast.
please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts.